everyone. Thanks for joining us on the GYST podcast, where we discuss topics to help you get your together. Hello, everyone, and welcome again to another edition of your favorite podcast, the GYST podcast, also known as Get Your Shit Together. And uh, ladies and gentlemen, I am super thrilled beyond ecstatic right now um we whew, two and a half years ago oh no what am i talking about two and a half years almost six years ago wow next month it'll be six years uh this this podcast started and at the time we just had a single mic that was placed on a table and we all sat around it and, and we were just talking into that mic and little by little you know we we made some updates and some changes when it came to the software. Uh, we started going from you know, cheap uh, audio editing to the Adobe suite, made some additional changes to the uh, podcast studio, adding some foam to the walls, to sound dampeners and, and things like that. But for the longest time, we we're still using that same old mic until last year when uh, quarantine and COVID happened and we went from recording in person in studio to working from from home and then just using our normal headsets there. But I'm happy to say we have now done a complete overhaul of all the equipment. So uh, we spent probably about 2K on, on everything, including new mics, new XLR cables. We've got the Rodecaster Pro that we are using um, and, and tons of additional things. So we are still recording remotely. Uh, Glenn has dialed in, and we're speaking to him uh, via cell phone. But uh, soon we are going to be recording in person again and excited to bring you this fantastic updated sound. Um, we want to thank all of you long-term listeners because we realized some of the edits and, and things that we did were quite painful, uh, especially there was a lot of room noise, a lot of... Uh, you know, the, the mic that we we're using was a Blue Yeti, and it's a fantastic mic. It just wasn't intended uh, to be used the way that we were using. So, Glenn, I am just thrilled, and I can't wait. I think uh, the next time we're recording, we're going to be over at your place, and can't wait for you to see some of the, the amazing things that we'll be able to do with this. So, Sweet. <laughs> All right. So with that, uh, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to hand the microphone over to Glenn who had uh, a topic that he wanted to talk about today. So, Glenn, it's all you, buddy. Sweet. Let's jump right into this. There's a saying out there that those who don't, do not look at the past are doomed to repeat it. So, I started thinking about this. At what point should we stop looking at the past and look to the future? Do we need a good mixture of the two? Do we, I don't know, do we just look at the future? Do we just look at the past? What is it that, that we should be doing with our lives? And I, I think that old adage, that old saying is probably true. You know, if you, if you don't pay attention to the past, if you don't understand the past, you are doomed to repeat it. That's why so many of us are stuck in that rut, right? We keep making the same decisions that keep putting us in the same spot. So uh, understanding our past, understanding 
what got us to where we are today would help us make better decisions to move us to a different future. However, if all we're doing is focusing on the past, we're going to end up running face first into a telephone pole because we're not looking at the road ahead of us. So at, at what point, where is just enough focus on the, the past? Where's the best understanding of the past and, and the point where we should start looking ahead to make sure we're not going to run face first into a telephone pole or a stop sign. Stop signs are more painful, by the way. Speaking from experience. So yes, I am speaking from experience. So, okay, I'm going to ask you now, Glenn. You said we're doomed, you know, those who don't learn from the past are doomed to repeat it. Is that a good thing or a bad thing? Depends on your situation, I guess. <laughs> if uh, you don't learn from the past and you had a very good outcome in life, okay, if you keep repeating it, you're just going to have a, key, a really good outcome. However, let's say your financial situation. You keep spending all your money, spending more than you earn, and you keep getting into, you know, deeper debt, but you don't make any changes. You keep looking at the past, keep doing the same things in the past that you're doing uh, today. Where, where, where are you going to get in deeper debt? You're not going to get out of debt. You're certainly not going to make yourself a better life. Um Countries that haven't learned from their past doing the same things over and over end up in war over and over. I mean, you know, that's not what we go through here in the U.S., is it? Keep going to wars every so often. Um, people that haven't learned from their past mistakes in eating end up gaining the weight back. So again, you know, looking at the past, understanding the, the poor decisions we've understanding that can help us get to the right place. However, if we are not looking at the past at all, we're not going to move forward. So you said it depends. How do you think? So by saying it depends, that means it's open to interpretation. And what, what I'm looking for is not how are the people who listen to this podcast who are forward-thinking are going to interpret it. How do you think the majority of the people are going to interpret that? The majority of the people out there aren't actually looking for a way to get forward in life. They're, they're looking to have someone lift them up rather than pulling themselves up by the bootstraps. So I think the majority of people are, are stuck in the past. They're stuck in that, you know, just like we discussed in the previous episode, that victim mentality where they're comfortable. And people love being the victim, don't they? <laughs> people love being a victim. <laughs> you really like that button. Sorry. I just couldn't resist. I had to do at least one, uh, one special effect using this bad boy. So, um, but yeah, so I, I think the vast majority of the people are going to say that those who don't learn from the past are doomed to repeat it. Hence the word, we're doomed. I would like to 
propose the opposite view and say the reason why people repeat the past, even though it's hurtful, is because in the long term they feel safer because by repeating a past act, it is a self-preservation mechanism because they know what the outcome is going to be and therefore they feel safer. Um, it, purely playing devil's advocate here. I mean, you know, this, this is meant to say, unless you take the time to reflect on the past, then you're going to repeat it. I, I think that's the key word there. But, you know, take a look at the people who repeat negative habits. We've, we've talked about uh, a friend of mine in the past who has gone from one abusive relationship to the next, to the next, to the next, because that's how she defines love. She's not willing to take that reflective time to really learn from the past. And because she's not taking the time to learn from the past, she's repeating those same mistakes, meaning her past actions are so intertwined with being in abusive relationships that if she finds a, a man who does not abuse her, she doesn't know how to act. It's putting her in an uncomfortable situation now. And, and for the vast majority of the people listening to this conversation, that thought doesn't even make sense. But in my world of personal development, I come across this kind of stuff every day. People are repeatedly doing actions that they know hold them back, that they know is hurtful because it's a sense of comfort. And a perfect example of that that I think we can all relate to is the refrigerator. Mm. Lots of good comfort food in there. <laughs> right? Yeah. And you probably, you know, one thing that we haven't really talked about is, uh, so you shared this with the audience before you're on the Dave Ramsey financial plan. And, and one of the things that you do is DoorDash and the, and your DoorDash stuff is something that we haven't really talked about there. And, and I don't, this is just from me not understanding how it works, but are there repeat customers that, that you go to often? Not necessarily. I've had a couple repeats, but they don't really get to choose their driver and I don't necessarily get to know who's requesting the food. Got it. Okay. I just get a request for a delivery and then I, I get the address after I accept it. Okay. Cause the, the main question there was, are you, you know, if you're ordering food a lot, you know, from, from fast food places or things like that, I didn't know if you were generally coming across, uh, it, a, again, this is a gross generalization, but a specific type of clientele. That, that fit a certain demographic or, um, you know, health-wise or uh, financial-wise or anything like that? Well, you could basically get that from the types of restaurants they're ordering from, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so what do you think? So when you, when you go to a nicer restaurant, who are you delivering to versus uh, just a, a normal, you know, McDonald's run? Usually it's groups that are working in their home offices or in their smaller office, uh, business office. They're, they're looking for good food and uh, a quick meal, quick delivery, so they don't have to go out and get it. 
um, the you know the the average person, the average place that I pick up from is fast food, though. People too lazy to go out and get McDonald's nowadays. I mean, come on. I get it. We're in COVID, but it's just as easy for anyone else to drive over to McDonald's as it is for me. I'm just getting paid for it now. <laughs> <laughs> and when I when I get the food back to them, you, you can see that these are people that generally have uh, a less than healthy disposition. Hmm. And what what is the appreciation level for you? Have have you noticed a difference in that in the way that you are being treated? No, people have been pretty good to delivery drivers. Um, I've I've got to say I've only had maybe one or two negative interactions in the entire time I've been doing this. Um, for the most part, people are pretty appreciative because you're doing something that they know full well they could get in their car or walk down the street and get their own damn food. But uh, they're very appreciative when you bring it to them. And the tips are pretty solid. That's part of the reason why I do it. <laughs> the tips are good. I'm always trying to be a very pleasant person, very uh, uh, happy and appreciative when they, you know, take the food from me or I leave it on their their doorstep, depending on their request. And uh, I don't know, I always have pretty good interactions and deliveries. So one question I have for you, Glenn, is, is we're talking about this topic of those who don't learn from the past are doomed to repeat it. In order to learn from the past, you need a certain level of reflection on the past, which can be painful. And for a lot of people, it's guilt. So how do you get over that self-blame? Mm. It's, a, it's a tough thing because technically part of the things we, we talk about all the time is you need to own your past decisions. You need to own your past. That way you can own your future, right? Um, so we, we talk about how you're responsible for your mistakes. Don't blame anyone else. That's not to say you should feel guilty about it. it just means you need to learn from it. So that's always a tough thing for people just learning in personal development, uh, personal development to deal with is learning how to get past the guilt and learn how to get onto a better path. Um, guilt is easy. It's one of the first things we experience. And when we have the parents shaking their fingers at us, when we did something naughty as a child, we feel guilty because we made them feel unhappy. Um, we disappointed our parents, so we feel guilty about it. So, um, the easiest person to disappoint is yourself. <laughs> it really is, man. I know I shouldn't eat this donut. Damn it. I ate that donut feel so bad about it. Ugh. Where's the other donut? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That happens to me all the time. Like I, I will. So I don't, I mean, I think I've mentioned this on, on air several times, but my goal, uh, weight wise has been to weigh 125 simply because, and I'm not lying to you. 
the only reason why I want to weigh 125 is to honestly say I weigh a buck and a quarter. That's it. That's legitimately the only reason <laughs> I think that would be really cool. So I can tell you when I, you know, the most I've weighed was 150. And now, you know, for the, for the longest time, the big hurdle was consistently getting below 140. Then it was consistently getting below 130. That seemed to be, you know, the, the tough part for me. And I can tell you, as soon as I, I did get 125, this was probably, I'd say a week and a half to two weeks ago, and I got it, and I felt so good for the first time, time. right? Yeah, I can tell you, I overindulged. It wasn't just, you know, oh, let me let me have a little bit of something. It was, let me let me just eat a dozen donuts or whatever. I mean, it was so extreme, and I don't know why that was. I even said to myself, why am I doing this right now? I worked so hard to get to this, and, and here I am going back. But for some reason, that connection just was not being made. And I found such great power in reflecting on that because normally, you know, I, I would continue that behavior. And I think when you talk about people who win the lottery and how they get millions of dollars and then they're broke, it's because mentally in their subconscious their brain is telling them, you are not a millionaire. You only have $300 in the bank or, or whatever. And the same thing happened to me. My brain was telling me, you are so used to seeing uh, for, for the longest time, especially in the past like two months, I've been uh, struggling to get below 127. I, that just seemed to be my limit no matter what I did. And when I dropped below that and actually hit my goal, it just it didn't register to me that yes, you've achieved it. Now you're in maintenance mode because I looked down, saw that there was that general excitement, but then there was just the disbelief. And then immediately afterwards came the self-sabotage. When, when you take a look at your past, it's some painful reflection. Wouldn't you say like what, what is something that, that you have overcome that, you know, it, there were behaviors that you kept on repeating and maybe not even fully understanding why you were feeling those things and, and repeating those things. But what was it ultimately that broke that pattern for you? Mm. Say the way I used to buy video games or at oh. least DLC for video games, right? We talked about this on the last episode too. <laughs> <laughs> I paid your salary when you were with Microsoft. Um, I used to buy these little DLC packs for a game called Mass Effect 3. Yeah, thank you for uh, for my salary there. You're welcome. Sorry. Glad, glad, <laughs> glad, I love this glad. thing. <laughs> oh man, we're gonna we're gonna hear memes forever on these buttons now. Uh, okay. <laughs> that was a bad no, joke, Glenn. That was bad. Sorry. Yeah. I, I will stop now, audience. Okay, sorry. That was a bad joke, too. So. <laughs> oh, dang it. I meant to hit this one. Yeah. Right. Okay, I am officially done now. So please continue. Okay. 
So for me, buying DLC, and I had to really look at the reasons why I was buying it. Sure, I, I love the game, and uh, I definitely wanted to see the developers continue to develop the game. So putting money into it seemed like a good investment. Like they, they get more money, they develop better things, I get more things to play. That really wasn't what I was doing. <laughs> I had to look a little bit deeper to find out why I was purchasing it. Um, I was living paycheck to paycheck at that point, and uh, I, I was looking for fast enjoyment. I had friends that I could play games with, and I always wanted to impress them with, hey, look, I got these new weapons in this game. Did you get anything cool in the game? It was just a, a little comparison back and forth between friends. You know, we were we were bringing out the measuring sticks, some people would say, right? Um, and it wasn't really a, a positive change for us. Um, one of my friends and I definitely, we would have paid, you know, Rohit's salary for a year at least, if not two between the two of us. And uh, it, it ended up when we looked at it, just going, you know what? We spend a lot on this, and what have, what have we got to show for it, other than just a few hours of entertainment each week, right? Yeah, we got a few good hours of entertainment, but how is this improving my life moving forward? Five years from now, this stuff isn't going to be there. I'm not going to be using it anymore because new games come out, better games, new consoles. So this game may not be playable again. And uh, I look at it and I go, okay, I've, I've been making these decisions. I've been making them for the wrong reasons. I think it's for the enjoyment, but it's not. It's it's more for, ha, I got this cool gun, and if you spend a little bit more money, you could, you might be able to get it. <laughs> it was a... It was a you know, like I said, one of those measuring stick moments where we were just measuring our piles of, of loot going, ah, I got more stuff than you. Okay, I've, I've got a tough question for you. Sure. Do you think part of that appeal for you was because you were defined as that guy within our circle of friends? You know what I mean? It because is quite possible. Yeah. Yeah, because not only did you have all the DLC, but you know, going back to and I, it's been forever since I've turned on my Xbox, but back then it was also uh, the avatars and all the avatar clothes and, oh, yeah. and different outfits that you could buy. You had everything. So was it because part of you was living up to hey, you know, subconsciously, if everyone thinks that I'm this guy. I have to continue to be this guy. I think it's more that I created that image of that guy with everyone. And I wanted to live up to the image that I had created for them. Rather than them defining you, you wanted to define who you were. Exactly. Wow. Intentionally or unintentionally? I think most of that was unintentional. It's like, you know, you, you don't realize that you've created this image for everyone else. You know, that mask that you put on, but that's the mask that everyone expects to see every time they see you. So in order to live up with that, sometimes you, you can't be who you normally are or who you really are. You have to keep being that person that you've 
shown. And sometimes you yourself get lost in that mix and think about, oh, yeah. Yeah. And, and how much it's, that's it's negatively a Superman Clark Kent. It's that Superman Clark Kent um, thing. It is a whole situation. Superman, here he is. He, he's always had these powers growing up, but he was known as Clark Kent to his family. He was raised as Clark Kent. He didn't become Superman until later. But uh, he created that persona to hide his identity so people he loved wouldn't be hurt. And uh, pretty soon, you know, he's he's getting lost in that that other persona. He always has to have that persona whenever he's in that cape. He can't be Clark Kent whenever he's out. He yeah. has to be this image that, that uplifts everyone else at all times. And who is he really? Is he Clark Kent or is he Superman? Fundamentally, if you know, his subconscious, is he Superman or is he Clark Kent? And that's a battle that you see a lot, you see often portrayed in superhero movies of, you know, am, am I this guy or am I this guy? Am I Tony Stark or Iron Man? Uh, it, it, it's a battle that you see drawn out all the time. Yeah. So by you defining yourself subconsciously as that guy who owns everything, Xbox and, and everything like that, it's, it's interesting how that has gone on to shape and continuing to impact your life because, you know, you and I talked about, uh, a while back ago about just the percentage of your paycheck that went towards the DLC and all that kind of stuff. And, <laughs> you know, be, because of those decisions made by past Glenn, it's, it's affecting current Glenn because, you know, you're, you're doing things that are trying to put your financial, uh, your financial health in, in an improved state. Oh, definitely. I put myself in a bad state. If I had that money from, I don't know, what was it 10 years ago? <laughs> if I had that money from 10 years ago, that, that whole year that I spent on video games, my house would be paid off. My car would probably be paid off. Just thinking of that, that's, I guess, when I, when I started to realize that, is when I started making the decision to change things for the future. And it, it took me a little bit of soul searching and some a good analysis of my past and my choices, which I think is more important um, than looking at just your past. You have to look at your choices in the past and understand what drove those choices. Um, when I did that, I was able to see um, patterns that I, that I always put myself in and I was able to make better decisions. More informed decisions would be a good way to look at it on where I should go with my future. And one thing to, to kind of piggyback off that is you, a lot of times when you see those comparisons of, of rich people do this and poor people do this, one of the things that they always talk about with, with the poor people is they spend money to impress other people, which I think mm. you might, you know, identify with as, as having fallen that, having had fallen into that trap. Oh, yeah. 
just go down the street and look at anyone that's on uh, Section 8 housing. You'll see people, especially in Tacoma here, I see, you know, the, the Section 8 housing where they're getting government benefits. They've got Mercedes out in front of their car, out, out in front of their houses. They've got Jaguars. They've got spinners. Um, they come out, they've got, you know, $200 hairdos and clothes that just, I couldn't afford if I was actually spending the money on it. <laughs> you know, um, for the game, but of- it's, it's done to impress. It's not done to actually better their lives. And for those of you who are Game of Thrones fans, uh, you know, the actress, Amelia Clark, uh, a, a quote that I love by her is she said that her dad taught her date someone who has a big library, not a big TV. And, you know, what you're talking about is, is absolutely true. Uh, it coincides with something else that, that we've mentioned on the podcast a few times. Rich people have big libraries. Poor people have big TVs. And, you know, it's, it's, it's so true when you, when you take a look at that, you, you've got an extra thousand, fifteen hundred dollars What are you going to spend it on? Let's get a brand new TV. This one's three years old, or I could buy a $5 book on, uh, financial independence or, you know, let, let's take a Kiyosaki, rich dad, poor dad, learn the cash flow quadrant completely changed my mind or, or changed my life that costs $5. You know, and, and it's so interesting to see how we justify the spending of of money in places that don't benefit us. You know, oh, I, I would buy that book, but, you know, I'm just so tired. This is an investment. The, the TV is an investment because it'll give me a chance to come home, relax, and, you know, what that does for my mental state, I need that. And, and you hear people justifying it. And, you know, for those, uh, you are a perfect example now. If you hear someone say that, you're just going to shake your head and be like, you know what, it's it's not even worth it for me to tell them how much that's hurting them because they're not in a place where they could even recognize that self-sabotaging behavior. So, Damn straight. Yeah. Mm. Well, Glenn, thank you very much for this topic. It's when you first brought it up, I, I know there was a little hesitancy uh, when we were talking about it before we started recording, but I, I think this is one of our better episodes that, that we've talked about. There's a lot of uh, vulnerability on your part that I want to congratulate you for, for being open and, and kind of discussing some things that uh, from your past, you know, behaviors and, and patterns that you had repeated that you've gone on to realize that are holding you back. So by taking that reflective time to take a look at your life, you are not repeating the same mistakes, which is what this episode was all about. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Well, I'm going to, how about, do you want to, do you want to finish this off? Sure. Why not? Well, folks, um, it is important to look at the past. It's important more to understand your past and your past decisions to know how you got to where you are. Um, because if you don't know your past, if you don't know your past decisions, you're doomed to repeat, repeat the same choices and keep yourself in that same spot. So look at the past, understand it, 
but also have a plan to get yourself out of that pattern so um, you don't end up walking into a telephone pole. Um, understand the past, look forward, keep growing. Great job. Until next time, until next time, this is Glenn Ruck saying stay safe, stay healthy, keep developing. We hope you learned how to get your together. 